Report, recorded live on the third largest moon in our solar system, Callisto. He's a New York dime in a city of sense. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a bit better each and every week. And this week, it's not going to get a bit. It's going to get a bunch better because we got a super fun show ahead of us this week. We're going to take a look at a movie I saw called Mad Max Fury Road. Then we're going to move on to the retro toy marketplace where we're going to touch upon a topic we never thought we would touch upon. But we are My Little Ponies by Hasbro. It's been a hotly requested topic. And, well, I do have a fun bit of, uh, well, I have a fun bit of nostalgia for ponies. I'm not a brony, but I do have a bit of ponies in my past, and I'll tell you all about it. All right, DJ Bot, come in, drop it one time. Hi, I Skipper. This will be dropped one time only. That's not what I meant. What I meant is, uh, drop it right now. Drop it while it's hot. I cannot feel heat, sir. Just, just play the song, please. Affirmative. Yo, ISR man, I don't understand this man. Yo, you've got to slow down, man, you're losing them. Radio, suckers never play me. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report, the greatest podcast in the world. For the past four years, California's been in a nasty drought. In fact, the worst it's seen in a long time. Just how screwed is California? Pretty, pretty epic screwed. Well, no, we're all screwed. I don't know if you dudes know this or not, but I live in California and right now we are stuck in the middle of a super duper ruinous drought. At least that's what I hear anyway. It's A drought is a weird thing because it isn't like the area I live in is an arid plain or whatever because... Everybody still has a yard, and I realize a lot of that is dudes using up water that they should not be using up. I don't do that. My whole yard has been replaced with, uh, easily watered things. You know, things that you grow that don't really require that much water. Cactuses. I don't know. Whatever's out there. It's We got a gardener, and he took care of the whole thing. He planted a bunch of cool things that we don't ever have to take care of, which is pretty sweet. But people around here still have full-on lawns, full-on grass, and, well... Even though I hear there is a drought, I don't see the immediate effects of it. And that's cool because I don't want to. I don't want to. The idea of a drought is really scary. I've heard reports that uh, California will run out of water in one year. And really, that is terrifying because California is supposed to be one of the most fertile places on Earth. When I think of a drought, I think of like Mad Max. And well, we're going to go see that in a bit. And I'm a little bit scared that eventually... My neighborhood is going to turn out to be uh, like Mad Max. Frankly, I don't want that. I do not know if I would survive Thunderdome. I don't think that I would be one of the first marks to get vicked, but I don't see myself making it in the long haul. Eventually, I'd probably succumb to, just succumb to depression from missing my normal day-to-day, uh, normal day-to-day things that I enjoy. You know, cereal, uh, 
coffee, you know, anything that involves fluid would be out the window. So eventually I would succumb. So I am not looking forward to our eventual Thunderdomian fate. It is going to just suck so hard to die from thirst. But I wanted to tell you about one thing that we have been doing that's become like a normal part of our life that I would have thought was weird a while back. First of all, let me tell you a quick story about a time we went to Mexico and something that they do there that seemed a bit irregular, but is a day-to-day part of their life as well. Okay, in Mexico, Mexico City in particular, my wife has family there, and we went to visit them. And there is an interesting way that they deliver the water. Here is how it works. What happens is, behind every house is a big black metal container and every day that container fills with water and that water is all that you have for the day. It, I don't know how many gallons it is, but it wasn't very big. It was smaller than me, but a lot wider. I cannot tell you how many gallons it was, but it was not a lot, but that was the water that you got for the day. Once it was gone, you were done. Over the years since we've been there, I've thought about this a lot. It's very interesting to me that the people who live there have grown accustomed to this style of water and it, it stops you from overusing. Here in America, we use tons of water, but there you get what you get and that's it. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And people there have also learned of a lot of interesting ways to conserve their water and to get more usage out of it. One of those things that we learned there has now become a part of our daily lives. It is a simple trick that I felt like I would share to anybody out there who wants to save a little bit of water, maybe cut down the bills a bit. What you do is you get a couple buckets. You get a couple buckets and you sit them in the shower with you to gather water. The best way to gather the water is to stand in the bucket. So it comes off, you know, runs down your leg right into the bucket and before you know it, your buckets are full. Then you get a barrel. You put the barrel outside of your bathroom window and you drop the water into the barrel every day when you're done and then you you use that water to water your plants. My wife dyes her hair and also my daughter dyes her hair. Don't let anybody know that I told you that, uh, that they dye their hair because, well, you can tell with my daughter, she dyes it blue. But my wife, you know, she covers up her gray, so don't let on that you know if you happen to see her. But the water running off of them is multicolored and yucky, so we have this big barrel of yucky, multicolored water right outside the window. So... When we water our plants, it's interesting to me that we are watering them with our filth. So when I eat an apple off my apple tree, it has been grown, it has been fueled with my filth. My grody sweat, my grody whatever is fueling the fruit that we eat. So think about that next time, uh, next time you bite into an apple, that your apple could be made a bit more flavorous by adding your sweat, your yuckiness, and all the stuff that runs out of your legs. All right, guys, next chamber coming up. At the movies. Yo, ISR, they think we're taking shorts, man. Show them this is cold Medina. Come on, kick it. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Let's go. As the world fell, each of us in our own way was broken. It was hard to know who was more crazy. Me, or everyone else. Mad Max Fury Road, rated R, May 15th. Mad Max was so great. I loved it so much. It, it, 
It was one of the best movies I have ever seen in my life. Easily one of the best action movies I've ever seen. From start to finish, it was just fantastic. And I can't really say that I have ever been a big fan of the earlier movies. I've seen them. I thought they were cool, but I'm not a Mad Max fanatic by any means. This movie, though, it blew me away. The stunts are great. It, oh, it was just so great. You need to go see it right now. If you have not seen it already, I cannot recommend it high enough. I don't want to give away too too much of the plot. I don't like to review movies that way. I kind of want to say, I saw it, I think you'll like it. I saw it, I don't think you'll like it. I don't want to ruin the story. But, um, what is fantastic about the movie is they practically invent a whole new culture, a whole new way of dress, a whole new everything. It is just so creative. That's what I really appreciate about a movie. I want to see some additional ideas on top of the plot. I want the plot to be cool, but I want you to also toss in a few ideas here and there that are thought-provoking. And this has really neat ideas and things that are really going to keep you wondering, like, how did they come to do this? How did they come to develop in this way? What was the basis of this civilization? Things like that. Real cool, real thought-provoking stuff. It is just really, really great. Oh, this is kind of funny. When we were leaving the theater, there was a lady standing there next to another older lady, maybe like 60, 65, kind of a fuddy-duddy type, and um, she had left the movie earlier because it was just too weird for her, and she was standing there waiting for her, her husband or her boyfriend or whoever to came out. She grabbed him by the arm gently. She wasn't aggressive or anything, but she grabbed him and she said, I cannot believe that you have taken me to see this piece of garbage. This is the worst, weirdest movie I have ever seen. And he looked at her and said, hey, you didn't have to come and just kept going. And I'm like, you tell her, brother. And you know what? When you see an old lady is super upset by a movie, you know you've done something right. She really should have just stuck around, though, because toward the end of the movie, they introduce a whole cadre of really kick-butt old ladies, man. They are some of the coolest characters in the movie. And maybe they would have, you know, ignited a spark under her to get her more, uh, a little more of a butt-kicking attitude. Anyway, the movie is great. Go see it. Go see it twice. I might actually go see it again. The movie has a real super positive feminist message. I might take my daughter. It's rated R, but I might take her to go see it just to see Charlie Theron's Furiosa and how much tail she kicks. This is the single greatest thing that Charlize Theron has ever done. She is a really killer character. By the end of it, you're going to love Furiosa so much. Good stuff. Take your daughters. Take everybody. 10 thumbs up. ISR approved. But wait, hold on, son. This ain't the only movie we saw this weekend. We took in two flicks. It is summer movie seasons, and sometimes, well, sometimes you gotta double up. So let's uh, roll it back, start at the movies over again. All right, here we go. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? When I'm gone. You know, when I look back on this. When I'm gone. I won't remember performing. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. I remember you weirdos. Let's rock out with a knocks out! Woo! Every villain must slide down the staircase. Let me show you. Crushed it. PG-13. I live in a house full of girls and I have seen Pitch Perfect maybe 1.25 million times. I don't know. 
It appears as if the show is always on. What I don't mean show, I mean movie. It appears as if the movie is always on, on one of the TVs here at the ISR Command Center. That's okay though. It's a fun movie. It is a fun movie overall. And, well, quite frankly, Pitch Perfect 2 is a bit more fun. I really, I had a good time watching this. We went on opening night. The theater was jam-packed full of teenage girls who cheered, hollered, and had a great time at every musical number. This was a cool movie. I had a good time. Take your family to see this, and you will all leave. You will all leave with a smile on your face. That much I can guarantee. It is, it's pretty neat. I am a sucker for musical numbers, though. I think that every movie out there should have some sort of a musical number in it. At some point, all the characters should get together and just dance. I don't know why... I don't think that you should have to have a reason. Just do it because it's a movie and because it's fun. And this happens, like, every few minutes in the movie. So I I did enjoy it. You know what? I'm not afraid to admit it. I can watch a girl movie and have a good time. I'm cool like that, man. I am just open. We gotta cut it short. Go see Pitch Perfect 2 if you like like having a good time. Go see Pitch Perfect 2 and uh, you will have one of those. Pitch Perfect 2 has the always fun Anna Kendrick in it. This girl is delightful. She can sing, she can dance, she's pretty, she's cool, she seems like she has a good sense of humor. I want to be friends with Anna Kendrick. I think that she should come up here on the command center and hang out. She is all over the movie, and man, she just kills it. I don't know why this girl isn't one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Maybe it's because she's like two feet tall, but I don't know. Has that ever really uh, held anybody back? She's no Furiosa, but she's pretty dope. So, on that recommendation, go see this movie. Go see it, I don't know. Maybe you could probably wait till it comes out on cable or on a DVD or on a VHS or whatever. But, it's always good to support the arts and it's always fun to go to the theater. So just, you know, head on down. You don't need to know the plot. You don't have to have seen the first movie. If you want to just have a good time, hear some cool songs and sit there and, you know, leave with a smile on your face, go check it out right now, dummy. ISR out. ready for the retro marketplace okay i see robots this is your one chance show them what you got my little pony by hasbro generation one when i was a kid somehow i inherited four ponies my little ponies one of them was applejack well actually two of them are applejack you can tell applejack because it has apples on its hind quarter the other ones i don't even know i did not even know that this one was called applejack until recently i had called her apple seed because of the aforementioned apples on the hind quarter like i said i got them from somewhere i do not know where but i did not have a buttload of toys like some kids did so when i would get something i would always find some way to incorporate it into what i was doing and these guys were no exception i got them I was happy to have them, and they quickly became the favorited steeds of my G.I. Joe and my He-Man dudes, Duke. I remember Duke had Applejack, or rather Appleseed, for many years. She was his trusted steed. When he would go into battle against Cobra, or the forces of evil, 
he would always be riding Appleseed. Now, don't get me wrong. I did not let other dudes see me playing with Applejack or Appleseed. This was something that strictly, strictly stayed in my house or in my room, but I was happy to have them. I had a lot of fun with these. I remember one storyline I did in particular. That was how I played. I would do storylines. Something would happen and the dudes would kind of see it through to the end. And in this particular storyline, Duke got, uh, Appleseed got poisoned and Duke had to go to the ends of the earth to try to find the right potion to fix Appleseed. It turned out the Cobra did it. Cobra Commander slipped something into her salt lick that she licked. Got, uh, got cholera and Duke had to go and he had to find the potion to save her. This went on for quite a while and for, for a bit I kind of imagined that I was gonna have Appleseed get killed as a way to get some heal heat on Cobra and to make Duke more of a sympathetic baby face. But he did save her. He saved her and he was together with her for many years. Don't get me wrong again. I didn't sit around combing her hair. I, I did comb it a couple times, but... We're not going to talk about that. I did. Duke had to keep his pony looking nice. You can't have the leader of the Joe team riding around on top of a mangy flea-bitten steed. That would just not do. Colonel Potter always took care of his horses on MASH, so I had to do the same thing for Applejack. Anyway, dudes, let's move into the first segment here. We got a a neat a little bit of a little pony commercial. Let me find it here. Hold on. You know, I got to do a better job of having these ready to go when it's time to go. Um... I apologize, you always have to hear me searching, but I think I got this one here, um, hold on, here we go, My Little Pony commercial number one. My Little Pony. Each sold separately. Collect them all. My Little Ponies was an... I don't even know if you would call it. It's a toy line. I was about to say action figure line. My Little Pony was a toy line invented by Hasbro and first released in 1982. The actual inventor of My Little Ponies is a lady named Becky, Zack Cherry. Becky also invented Nerfles. Do you remember Nerfles? They were small egg-shaped dudes, and they had feet. You could alternate their feet, alternate, they're sort of like weebles, but they didn't weeble. They just had little feet for stands, and she also invented that, and, well, I wonder when she invented both, which one she imagined would be the bigger one. I, I would think you would think it'd be ponies, but maybe she was into Nerfles. Maybe it's altogether possible that she was like, this pony thing is all stupid, but, well, you just wait. Nerfles is gonna hit big, and it's gonna, it's gonna send me all the way to the rich house. I don't even think you go to the rich house. I think when you invent something like this, it's owned by Hasbro. They go to the rich house, and you... Well, maybe you see a little extra bonus or something, but I do not think that you're seeing a bit off of every pony, which is not fair because, man, when she came up with this, she invented something that would become a gigantic global phenomenon that would live on forever, seemingly. So let's give it up to Becky Zach Cherry right now. Becky, we here at the IC Robots Command Center are giving you the high sign, giving you the big salute. Even if Hasbro didn't appreciate you and send you to the rich house, well, we respect you, and that has to count for something. Not really. I think about that sometimes. What it must be like to invent something that changes the world. Maybe not in a gigantic way like the wheel or the atomic bomb, but it changes the world and affects a lot of people and you get no credit for it. That really, 
It really must chap your hide, don't you think? That's just how it works, though. When you do work for hire, you're hired to do the work, and if you come up with something cool, they own it. But on the flippy flip, if you don't come up with something cool, you still get a paycheck. So, it's, you know, it could be worth it. It depends, I guess. It depends on how cool and how creative you are. If you're really great, maybe you want to try to work for yourself. But if you do that and you come up with something cool, you still don't have the motors of Hasbro behind you to put it out there. I bet you people come up with things that are as good, if not better, than the ponies all the time. But they don't have the way to put it out there that they would if they invented it for Hasbro. So who knows? But one thing I do know is that she probably did not see as much money or anywhere near as much money as Hasbro has over the ponies. So that's really got to burn. Really got to burn on the inside. Unless... Unless, you know, maybe she's just a really cool person who is happy to have her ideas out there making people happy. But I doubt it. And I'm not trying to say that she's a bad person or isn't happy to make people happy. I'm just saying she probably wishes she had some more pony money. So let's take a look at some of the first series ponies. The ponies were first released in 1982 and the first set was Earth Ponies, which was closely followed by Pegasus Ponies, Unicorn Ponies, Flutter Ponies, and Sea Ponies the next year, 1983. The Sea Ponies out of those are probably my favorite, I think, because they are uh, seahorses. I've always kind of had an affinity for the seahorse. Now, I don't know if it's because I really dug the way that Aquaman used to ride around one or what, but I've always thought that seahorses were pretty neat, and if I was a girl back in 1982, I probably would have gone for the Sea Ponies over the, uh, unicorn or pegasus ponies or whatever. That's just me, though. The first six ponies, the Earth ponies, all came in what is commonly called the collector pose. The collector pose is this. All four of the legs are on the ground and the head is tilted down in a submissive manner. That's a weird way for me to put it. I don't know why I said submissive manner. What I mean is the head is tilted forward. Okay, computer? Grab me that list of the ponies so I can read it off real quick, please. Roger that, sir. Here you go. That was quick. Thanks a lot. No problem. It's my pleasure. I quite like ponies. You do? I didn't know that. Do you, you want to read the list? It, it, it's a nice change of pace. Do you want to give it a shot? That would be fun. Thank you. Here we go. There's Butterscotch, Bluebell, Minty Snuzzle, Cotton Candy, and Gotham. That was great. I did not know you were a pony fan. Are you just pulling this off the top of your head? I do not have a head, sir, but this is from my personal database. That is awesome. I should have asked you about this earlier. I don't know anything about ponies. You would have been such a big help. Well, don't be afraid to ask. I do not bite. I totally won't. And hey, thanks for your help. I really appreciate it. No sweat. The next year, 1983, saw the introduction of a few new pony characters as well as a few new poses. Such as a seated pony pose and a collector pose with the head tilted to the right. The new ponies are as follows. You got Cotton Candy, Bowtie, My Beloved Applejack, as well as Seashell and two European exclusives. Collector Pose Applejack, as well as Collector Pose Bowtie. This year also was the year that they released Unicorn Ponies, and he got two of those. He got Medley and Firefly. The Unicorn Ponies, Twilight Glory, Moondancer, and Sunbeam, as well as my personal fave from back in the day. Not really, I didn't play with these or anything. Don't even think that. 
the Sea Ponies, which saw the introduction of Sea Winkle, Wave Dancer, and Sea Light here in North America, as well as Sea Spray, Surf Dancer, and Wave Breaker over in Europe. Who in the heck comes up with these names because every one of them is perfect for a pony, but also totally and perfect for anything else that exists anywhere in the uh, universe. Imagine naming anything but a Sea Pony Sea Winkle. You couldn't get away with naming your betta fish that. If I came into your house and you had named your betta fish Sea Winkle, I would uh, crack the tank with a small hammer. Freeing the poor fish from a life of having a terrible name, but if you told me that you had a Sea Pony named Sea Winkle, I would go, hmm, that's cool. That sounds about right. Anyway, we are going to move on. You know, actually, we're not. We're going to cut the My Little Pony history lesson right here. And we're going to move into the final chamber of the Retro Toy Marketplace where we're going to go online and see what some of these ponies might cost if you were so inclined to want to get some. First, though, let's take another listen to... God dang it, I never have these commercials ready. I apologize. Let's take another listen to a commercial. I got it here somewhere. I apologize. You know, I should get the computer on this sometime. I should have them get these on the ready. Okay, here we go. My Little Pony commercial, numero dos. sure to visit virtual.mall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not so retro junk. He won't be sorry for long. All right, we are back and we are going to keep it brief. I thought this time it might be fun to start at the top and just see if there are any crazily expensive ponies out there. I imagine there are. It really appears taking a look here on eBay that the most expensive ones are the European variants. The Generation 1 European variants can sometimes range up to like four or five hundred buckaroos. That's bananas. Let's see what it is going to cost for an Applejack. Um, a G1 Applejack is going to run you anywhere from 20 to maybe 40 bucks more if you have the accessories. That's not too bad. 20 bucks for something from the 80s isn't going to break the bank. I could deal with that. Not that, you know, I am uh, considering buying one or anything uh, like that. It looks like the more rare collector pose variant from uh, Europe is going to run about 50 bucks, but I wouldn't want that one. But 50 bucks for a rare European variant isn't, it's not earth shattering by any means. It does look like the way that most of these figures get sold is in lots, except for the rare European variants. And you can get a big lot of ponies for maybe two. Two, three hundred bucks. I'm seeing one here. It's 70 ponies, 200 bucks, 50 ponies, 200 bucks. So, if you know, you can get your whole collection. If you did happen to have one, you can probably get the whole collection back in your hands for, I don't know, 150, maybe 200 dollars. That's not too bad. All right, my dudes, we are going to move on into the final chamber of the show. The Toys R Us report itself. Yo, ISR, your man, you got him running scared, man. You've made it this far. It's time. 
the final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. Thanks for sticking with us so long and through that whole brony episode. At any rate, we're going to take a quick peek at what I saw over at the Toys R Us this week. But first, great breaking news. We got a patron. We got our first patron over at Patreon. And his name is Don Walton. Don Walton Jr., that is. Got to get that straight. Don Walton Jr. Don't want to cut somebody so generous short. Don Walton is behind the Pinball Podcast, which you can find over at the Pinball pinballpodcast.com don't forget the 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 pinballpodcast.com if you like pinball and i imagine you do if you are listening to this show about silly old toys you probably also got an interest in pinball too so hop on over there give him a listen you know tell him i see robots into you this guy this guy now officially owns a part of the show so every week we got to give you know we got to give it up to don walton jr man we need the help and this guy this guy here is opening up his wallet to do what it takes this guy here He's a hero. He is a hero. Number one guy. We're going to, you know, he has a permanent invitation to the party blimp now. That's how it works. You donate to the show, and when the blimp is in the air, we'll stop by and pick you up. We will zip you up the tube into the IC Robots party blimp. So, Don Walton Jr., see you up here soon. And if you want to join me, Don, Gil, Gerard, Otis, Sistrunk, um, you name it, every other 70s luminary, you can imagine, if you want to join us all up here on the blimp watching laser discs playing pinball, well, hop on over to supportthereport.com and give generously. We, I'll take anything you got. You got pennies, I'll take pennies. You got millions, well, I would be happy to take millions, but if you give me millions, You'll never hear from me again. That's not true. You'd hear from me, but the Toys R Us report would change into something like the Millionaire Report, where I talk about all the great stuff that I buy. No longer small toys. We're talking entire toy companies. It would become the I own Toys R Us report. You know, that's not a bad thing, right? I could run it a little better, I would imagine. I would at least, uh, I would at the very least have the clerks doing the shelves a bit more often than they do now. I mean, I was just there today, and they still have not gotten the Star Wars Rebels up there. There are no Sabines. There are none of these. I mean, I already got one, so I'm not sweating it. But there are none of these guys up there right now, and they should be there eons ago. So that's pretty whack. And the only new thing I saw that was cool is a taxi driver reaction figure. Yeah, they had Travis Bickle. What a weird figure, but I'm happy I saw it. I didn't buy it, but I'm happy I saw it. And they they uh they finally have restocked the Star Trek reactions. I got a I got Sulu. Sulu was the one that I really wanted the most because they never made a Sulu Migo. I've never had a Sulu figure. I got the Sulu from the Star Trek movies, but I never had Sulu from the show, so I'm happy to have him. They also had Uhura and McCoy, which would complete the whole set, but I didn't I didn't have 30 bucks with me to spare today, so I only got Sulu, and I'm gonna hope that the other ones are there when I revisit the store later this week. I probably, I probably should have hid them over in the kids' backpack area like some people are known to do, but I'm not a sneak. I just hope for the best. I wonder though, I wonder if they will be there, and I wonder if I care that much, because if I did, I probably would have got them, right? Wouldn't you say if I was way into them that I would have got them? Anyhow, uh, it's also garage, uh, sale season here, and, well, it's probably garage sale season everywhere, and I have been hitting the garage sales hard. I have recently remade the acquaintance of an old pal of mine that goes by the name of Bert, and Bert has a van. Bert is also a garage sale nut, so we've been going together, we've been hitting him hard, we've been meeting up at the store Saturday morning and going out there hard. This week, I think we saw maybe, like... 
25 to 35 different sales, but that's a misleading uh, total because some of them were part of a community garage sale type thing. I think that we went to two groups of community yard sales. Neither one of them were that great. There was one in the next town over in the G section of town. All the streets there start with G. And we were over in G section, and there was a million garage sales. And maybe out of a million, one or two had decent things. I don't know. That is the nature of the garage sale game. You go out there... You drive around and you look. You might score. You might score something fantastic, but you might spend the entire day just driving around, driving a few feet, getting out of your car, getting back in, driving a few more feet, getting out. Maybe not a few feet. Maybe, you know, a few blocks, but you get in, you get out, you get in, you get out. Sometimes it gets so frustrating that you just do drive-bys. You drive by, peek out the window, decide whether you want to stop or not. You, If I see clothes... Like, big piles of clothes, I'm probably not going to stop. I'm probably going to go by. That's, uh, you know, that might be a bit short-sighted not to stop, but when I see piles of clothes, I know that the basic idea is that they're selling these garments, and I, I, I don't know. I probably should stop, but when you're doing it all day, sometimes you just don't want to stop. Garage, it, the garage sale season is fun, and you have a good time doing it, but at the same time, while you're doing it, you sort of want your day's work to be over. You want to find the cool thing, and you feel as if you haven't found the cool thing yet so you got to keep looking because well it's probably right over the horizon isn't that it that's the part of collecting that is enjoyable but also uh, it's the driving force the optimism the optimism that you might find what you are out to get just at the horizon but you probably won't you probably never do because if you did you might not come out again or would you or would you come out again because you found it in hopes that you might find it twice I don't know. I may have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Every time I am feeling like I need to stop garage sailing, I'm reminded of the time of my gigantic G.I. Joe score. I will try to keep it short, though. The basis is I was driving around all day, driving around, driving around, not finding a thing, and my wife keeps going, just one more, just one more. And finally, I go, look, one more, and that is it. I'm stopping for the day. And we get to the one more. It was a benefit for a cancer charity, and I'm like, this is going to be great, you know. But anyway, I go look anyway, and there was a whole entire table full of G.I. Joe toys, figures, vehicles, you name it. And I bought the whole thing. I think I paid like 8 or $9. And those things have become the backbone of the collection that I have today. I swear to you, a very large, maybe 60% portion of my collection is from the big cancer charity score. So every time I think about tapping out, I think about that. And I think, what would have happened if I tapped out that day? What would happen is... My G.I. Joe collection would be super meager. All right, dudes, we are going to head out. We're going to head for the hills. We're going to get out of here. Make sure to go down to supportthereport.com and help out the show with a, well, become a patron like our boy, Don Walden Jr., who is giving a very generous stipend to the show. It's money I'll be living on, money I will be using to eat. I'm just kidding. It's money. All the money is going to go toward the show, improving the show at any rate. If you want to do that, hop on over to supportthereport.com. It is as easy as can be. Or if you want to get more out of it, go on over to virtualdirtmall.com. And let me tell you this. I keep meaning to say it. If you do that, if you hear virtualdirtmall.com on the show and go over to uh, go over there and buy something, 
send me a note. Send me a note with your purchase, and I will mention you on the show. I don't have to say what you bought, but I will want to say thanks. Just to let you know, man, every bit helps. And with that said, we're going to head out of here. We're going to go off into the sunset. We're going to do it how we do. All right, guys, if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, that's right. This jam is rated Cold Medina, man. That's right, Cold Medina. We're in EFFECT, otherwise known as Effect. Know what I'm saying? This has been an IC Robots Radio production.